0: just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
2: Good morning, peeps. And welcome to Woke AF Daily. Woke AF is free for the next three weeks. So share this show with all of your friends and tell them they can get it free wherever they get their podcasts it is tuesday april 14th and we are in new york i want to say is it officially we've been on lockdown for a month i'm pretty sure that it has been i believe that schools closed in new york um officially on march Yeah, on March 13th, that Friday, I think, was the last day of schools for people in New York. And so here we are, uh, one month later that we have been in lockdown. There are no signs, folks, that schools are going to be reopening. I know that there was a conversation between Mayor Bill de Blasio and uh, Andrew Cuomo, but Let's just be clear. They hate each other. So anything that they can do despite one another, they will. Um, Schools will probably not reopen. um, And so parents need to wrap their minds around that. I feel for my friends who are homeschooling uh, on top of distance learning and are trying to keep their kids on some type of schedule. It's not easy. Uh, It's not easy at all. And, you know, what I think is really troubling, right, is that you're hoping that your kids won't be damaged by this, that they'll be okay, that you can have social distance play dates, um, that you can talk to them about this that in a way calms them. But in reality, none of us are calm. Uh, All of our lives have been on pause, as New York says, Um, we've been on pause for a month. Uh, With no signs, really, of how we're going to open. Oh, we accept one sign. Uh, And this is really fascinating to me. And by fascinating, I mean funny. So it has become, you know, every day I, I giggle, but every day it becomes clearer and clearer to me that Donald Trump is the president of no one. Um, He's the president of the 1%. He's the president of the red states, you know, but he is not, in fact, the president of the United States. And in fact, there are really no United States of America at this point. And I think that what is really funny um, is... That Andrew Cuomo and uh, Gavin Newsom in California on the West Coast, um, governors are finding their way to coordinate with one another, to build teams together, to probably work together in a way that they've really never had to, because all of the coordination comes from the top, comes from the president, right? Right. Um, If you look at the hierarchy, it is the president of the United States, right? And then, you know, you have these states that are led by different governors. And what we have seen is that in the absence of real, genuine leadership, there is a vacuum that's created. And from that vacuum, stars are born. We are watching that happen all over the place. And in New York... In the tri state area, in the Northeast, I made a joke yesterday on Twitter after Governor Cuomo's second press conference of the day. His first one is generally to go over, you know, where the New York numbers are, how many unfortunate souls we have lost, where, how we're flattening the curve. Um, And now the question about how and when we reopen. Right? Because we believe that here in New York we have stabilized, um, but at a very horrific rate, right? We are flattening a curve that reached an epic height. Um, you're talking about in New York alone, losing 10,000 people. And, and so it's it's really troubling um, that still um we have a president that isn't doing anything but what he has done is he's decided to create this i don't know this uh i guess it's called um the 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 council to reopen officials on the council to reopen america and it, it's been trending on twitter and here are the people that are on the council. Mark Meadows, Ivanka Trump, Jared Kushner, Steve Mnuchin, Wilbur Ross, Robert uh, Lithentizer, and Larry uh, Kudlow. Uh, there's not one doctor on this list. Uh, uh, two of the people are members of his own, Trump's own family, uh, also with their own legal issues and family. The failures um people when they saw the pictures they really thought that this was an article from the onion um all it is is a group of people who are greedy who are a uh, cutthroat who are all multi-millionaires um but who don't know how to do much and so it's incredible to me that when you're looking to reopen a country, and let's, let's just start with that phrase, reopen, uh, reopen America. Like I keep saying, because I want people to understand where the true power is, um, Donald Trump didn't close a fucking thing. Donald Trump did not issue a national shutdown. He did not issue a national lockdown. He did not offer Americans, the governors, the citizens, the globe, any type of fucking guidance on how to handle this crisis. Donald Trump didn't shut anything down. So Donald Trump can't reopen a fucking thing. So I just want to be super clear out of the gate. If you are listening to this podcast in your home, that is not Donald Trump's fault. You are listening to this in your home because your governor cares about your health and well-being. If it had been up to Donald Trump and this bullshit council that he had put together, y'all would be at work now sick and dying, right? Hacking up a left lung and falling over uh, in your cubicles or on the factory line or at the school, or wherever. If it had been left up to these people that I just listed out in the quote-unquote official council to reopen America, many more people would be dead. Because this group right here, they only give a fuck about money. And if you are not making them money, then you are costing them money. So they look at this global health pandemic that we are in through one particular narrow lens. And that is the lens that is about making money. It is not the fact that COVID-19 has killed tens of thousands of people. It is not the fact that every day governors across this country have press conferences to announce how many of their residents they will be burying. It is not the devastation, the anxiety, the in knowing that a proper vaccination won't come probably for, if we're lucky, a year from now. But in reality, 18 months to two years from now? So in about... I don't know, as we are broaching on 2023, there'll probably be vaccinations readily available in the way that there was for polio, right? In the way that you can get a flu shot, in the way that you can get uh, a malaria shot if you're traveling uh, outside of the country to areas that uh, have malaria. You'll be able to, Get a vaccination and get those boosters as the as the virus changes and mutates. And but you, I'm talking about two years from now, and that's because you care about not costing more lives than need to have happen. Right? You don't rush to put products out. You don't rush to reopen unless you can ensure the safety and well-being of citizens of this country. Right? And when I say, I mean everyone, not just, you know, I say citizens as I'm talking about the country as a whole, but I'm, you don't rush to reopen when you can ensure that people won't die by going back to work and going back to school. And the only person that is making sense during this time are some of the governors that are working in coordination with each other. I joked and I said that Cuomo was essentially has essentially been anointed president of the Northeast. He held a press conference yesterday with several of the governors in the bordering states. Because he's like, if we are going to have a coordinated reopening, right, and I have people who live in Connecticut but work in New York or who live in New Jersey but work in New York, then I need to coordinate with the states and the governors and the folks around us. Does it make sense for me to say that, yes, we're going to open up, we're going to send everyone back to work, but we're not opening up schools? Where the fuck are the kids going to go? Who's going to take care of them? You can't send workers back to work, but we don't open up the schools. Who is watching those kids? So, you know, the way that this shutdown in this particular region was rolled out I imagine that when we get to a place and folks, I'm going to be very frank with you. We are not getting to that place until maybe maybe and I'm I'm just doing it from my own, you know, my own mental health, maybe June. You will see a a a slow reopening, but what is going to happen is that there're going to be little tests, right? Okay, so we're going to open this back up. Let's say um, essential workers, not, you know, uh, uh, those that are non-essential, you can begin operating your businesses at 25 percent capacity, meaning 25 percent of your workforce can go back into offices, right, can go back into buildings but that the rest, the majority still need to stay home and work remotely because we need to see what are you putting in place? Are there going to be requirements that now everyone everywhere is going to need a mask, is going to wear gloves? How are you doing the cleaning in your buildings, in your factories? You know, like, again, all of these precautions need to be taken so that when we do reopen there is not another wave and what we've been learning is that with other pandemics and plagues and what have you is that there was a first wave a second wave and third wave you have to understand how this virus is moving in order to figure out how to stop it how to slow it right So the more studying that we do, the more data collection that we can get, the better we are prepared. So why folks like Donald Trump and this bullshit Council to Reopen America are so gung-ho when literally we've only been locked down for a month? And in most places around this country, especially if you happen to have a Republican governor, you're probably really not locked down. You are still in a a place where you believe that this isn't going to come here. Your numbers haven't been tripling and quadrupling every day yet, but they will. So we're looking to places like the Northeast, like the Northwest, which are the places that are doing coordinated efforts right? And using the best practices of the countries that have begun to reopen and see for those that did reopen, right? And have been able to continue to do that. What have they done? You're talking in Singapore and South Korea, temperature checks at all public places. So you're walking into, let's say your grocery store, your pharmacy, right? You're getting a temperature check at the door. I went into a store the other day, and again, we try and go out every two weeks to do like some shopping, um, and we all take turns. So there are some people that haven't left, and there are some people that leave every three weeks in, that, in our house, and there are some people that leave every two weeks um, to kind of to go out, to limit, again, our time in the outdoors and in stores. But yesterday. I needed to go, so I went to this local uh, place uh, about five minutes from um, my home, and the parking lot was packed. The store was packed. People were doing their best to stay away from each other, but this particular corporation, Meat Farms did not put together any type of guidelines or rules to keep their customers or the people that are working for them safe. Sure, folks had on gloves and whatever, but they weren't practicing social distancing because you couldn't. There wasn't somebody that was standing out the door saying that we're only allowing, let's say, however, based upon the square footage of a place, is about how many people you should be allowing in at one time to shop. You should be looking at the square footage, looking at how many people can be in the store without actually bumping into one another or being around and make sure everybody has their aisles and what have you, but we're going to be monitoring that. Life is going to look different. But you have to have people that care more about public safety than they do about profits if you're going to open restaurants back up which i hope in the coming months we do because i don't want some of my favorite spots to close down forever right and just be done but when they reopen are they going to be allowed to have the same capacity that they did In New York City, I would go out to eat in places where you are squeezing your body in between other people because it is the hot spot and place to be. Are you going to be able to do that anymore? No. You're going to have to space things out in a way, right, where people have maybe that six foot of distance between one another. You're going to need to make sure that everything is wiped down, that things are incredibly sanitary because all you need is one outbreak to be traced back to your place of business and you are going to be done. So again, life is going to change and we do need task force and councils that are thinking out how that's going to be changed. But what is amazing, what's what's fascinating here? is that the governors pretty much got the jump on Donald Trump before he announced. Governor Cuomo and the rest of the Northeast governors already said yesterday, We're putting together a task force. We're going to have somebody that is in charge of public health, somebody that's in charge of of the economic reopening, somebody else that's in charge of this and that over here. California did the same thing. Oregon, Washington, they are doing the same thing. Why? Because these people are actually dealing with what is going down on the ground. Tell me what hospital... What makeshift hospital, what places Donald Trump has visited? Since Mar-a-Lago has been closed, he hasn't brought his dumb ass anywhere, right? Has he been going around to survey the damage in places? Has he walked down Fifth Avenue, right? Has he gone to the various hot spots that there are in New York and Louisiana? Has he been traveling around? No, he has not. So these people, your state officials, know exactly what's going on on the ground. They know how they did this rolling closure, and they're trying to figure out what they are going to need to do to reopen, and to reopen in a way that we're not closed again. And that is going to take a lot of analysis, a lot of touch and go. But this bullshit council that Trump put together with his son-in-law, his daughter, and a bunch of billionaires who don't give a fuck about people at all and are just worried about their stock options, yeah, that's not it. That's not the look. But it just is, needs to be a consistent reminder about where this administration's thought and focus is. It is only around money. And if I'm a Democrat right now, if I'm Joe Biden, the presumptive nominee who became the nominee yesterday when Bernie Sanders endorsed Biden and they did their little, you know, uh, video chat, They need to be going after Donald Trump and using this crisis as their rallying cry. But, alas, I have yet to see that. My whole thing was like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold out hope. I'm going to wait until Bernie Sanders announces that he's suspending his campaign. He did that. I'm going to wait for Bernie Sanders to endorse Biden. Okay, he did now. Now, I want to see how the rest of this week is going to play out. Because if Joe Biden thinks that he's gonna play nice in the sandbox and not use this as a not use this slow response and the fact that Donald Trump had his deaths on his hand, the fact that he's put he's rushing to put together some bullshit council to reopen a country that he never closed so that he can continue to make money, if he doesn't talk about the two trillion dollar stimulus package as being Trump's slush fund after firing the inspectors general from being the chairperson. If you are not using every single moment of this crisis as a way to show the American people who the fuck Republicans are, then you do not deserve to be in power. Because this is no longer a let's rally behind our leader. Donald Trump doesn't care if you live or die. If he can make money off of your corpse, he fucking will. And when Adam Schiff told us that, it should have sunk in. Donald Trump only cares about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not putting together a commission to make sure that you don't lose your home. Right? That you don't you lose your livelihood. Mm-mm. No, he wants to open up the country for the 1% who makes money off of your back. And if you die, right, they're going to replace you in a matter of a day or two. So also, in this moment, think about the types of people that you're working for. If you're working for a big corporation and big business. You know, there is a meme, and I believe I've talked about it on Woke AF Daily before, which is, Something to the effect is, like, don't kill yourself, right? Literally, do not kill yourself and make yourself sick for a job that would replace, replace you in a week if you dropped dead. Maybe they would send your family flowers. Maybe they wouldn't. But I will tell you that last week, when the mother of the grocery store worker, Leilani, who had cerebral palsy, 28 years old, grocery store clerk, died last week. Her mother received her paycheck from Giant Foods for $20.64. That young woman kept going to work every day. She brought her own hand sanitizer because nothing was provided for her. Got her own mask because it wasn't given to her. But she was a frontline worker and she was unprotected by her company and her life to them was worth $20 and 64 fucking cents so be very clear get very clear get crystal about who you are working for and what you are willing to put your life and the life of your family on the line for when donald trump and his cronies want to say to you oh go back to work, or, oh, grandparents would be willing to give up their lives in order to keep a strong economy for their grandchildren. That's what Republicans think about you. That's what they think about you. That is what they think about your families. That's what they think about your worth. Your worth is about what you can produce and nothing else. Those people should not be leading this country. I wouldn't want them to walk my dog I wouldn't want them to lead me out of a wet paper bag I wouldn't want them anywhere near me or the word leadership they're callous cold evil greedy and calculating they are assuming that right now you are so caught up in your anxiety, in your depression, spinning, as many justifiably so are in the midst of crisis. But they are picking your pockets. They are overturning any stone. And they are willing to use you as human collateral in order to get what they want. And they are hoping to do so without your knowledge because you'll be paying attention to your immediate needs. You see, there will be people that make money off of this. There are people currently making money off of this crisis. The Trumps and the Kushners, the meadows, the cudlows, the Rosses. they're those people. Never waste a good crisis. So you have to ask yourself, in all honesty. Um, what you are willing to tolerate, what you need in a leader. And what I need is I need a fighter. I need somebody that is willing to call a spade a spade and go to the mats. You see, right now, governors are in precarious situations because they need things from the federal government and they have a very petty, small man in charge. who, if they don't kiss his ring, their residents could die. But do you know who has nothing to lose? Fucking Joe Biden. He's not in office right now. He needs nothing from Donald Trump. He needs nothing from the federal government. And the man already tried to lampoon his entire fucking family. He risked his presidency on it. So, now following the endorsement of Bernie Sanders, I want Joe Biden to go to the fucking mats. And I don't care if he fumbles up his words. I don't care if he has a gaffe. I really don't. I want him to show some fire and show some fight in what he can offer the American people in comparison to the walking disaster that is Donald Trump. I am excited to welcome back to Woke AF Daily my friend, Ellie Mistel, who is the nation's justice correspondent. Ellie, how are you doing in the midst of the global pandemic, and where are you? People like to know these things.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm barely holding on to my sanity, it turns (laughs) out. Um, I live in Westchester. We moved up here about six years ago and so my whole family is, is now locked in the house with me. My mom who um has a mother in law suite in our in our house, she hasn't been um she's also been locked in the house. I actually was a little bit ahead of the game with this. I have had everybody on lockdown since I think March sixth was the last time wow. anybody uh left the house here, so
2: OK, you know,
1: I, I, I want to say that I saw I c I didn't see it coming in the way that like Dr. Fauci saw it coming, right? But like I saw it coming in so far as the minute Trump appointed Mike Pence to handle it, I was like, Whoa, no, 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 no. You're not putting the let's pray disease away guy in charge of the disease and having that work out well in any way. You mean so praying kinda, this
2: away doesn't work? Oh, you know, okay. and and
1: look, happy Easter to all who celebrate. You know, happy Passover and all that. But like my my theory of divine intervention is like God comes down is like, hey, here are things like masks and and penicillin, and,
2: <laughs>
1: and antivirals. That's how God works in my world. Yeah. Um. Um. So so yeah. So as soon as Pence was in charge, I was like, this is gonna you know just play out the string. This is gonna be handled. Stupidly, incompetently, um, with a lack of empathy, um, that will cause many people to die. At the point where the president was saying, "Hey, don't worry, this is just like the flu," that is when I actually got worried.
2: Yeah, yeah. There is. I mean, look, we are going into what is this? Our fourth week in in, for New York and being locked down. I think this is. We're going into a month.
1: Yeah, I think it's week five, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's, been
2: a while. it's 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 been a while, um, and you know, I think that for us, well, I will say that for me, um, I feel really good about living in New York right now, and I know that people will say, well, that's insane because you're at the epicenter, but I have a lot more faith in Governor Cuomo's competency, transparency, and truthfulness. Uh, and the coordination that is happening in the tri-state area here than I do at what's happening at the federal level. Um, Yeah,
1: this whole thing has been weird for me with Cuomo because I'm so to the left of him on most kind of social political issues. But, damn, he's been good. Boy's been been on points during this crisis. He's actually been comforting to say nothing of smart and effective, and it's it's world where it's like wow andrew cromo good guy like <laughs> that's not yeah. something that usually happens in my
2: house <laughs> no but like let me tell you something my family when he's speaking everyone is watching everyone is quiet um it's the only person that we watch now uh, and that has been the case for a couple of weeks we stopped watching trump a long time ago because what was the fucking point um yeah. And, yeah, I I think that for all of the things that people have said and we have all known uh, about Cuomo, he's exactly the type of person that we need in charge, and I'm thankful that he did not run for president. Um,
1: Yours is the only show where I really feel comfortable saying this on, but, like, when are our friends at MSNBC going to, like, get at our level and stop – airing him live all it, know. all they're doing at this point is airing a live Trump va- uh, Trump right. rally yep. that's spreading disinformation yep. about the virus and now about the therapeutics like there's no actual reason to air this lying idiot con man live you can do it on tape delay you can do it on tape delay with fact checkers you can bleep out when he is being racist or bigoted or 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 just straight up lying like why are they why do they insist on airing trump rallies live under the guise of medical advice
2: i mean well because we can be very clear about the fact that you know there are Interesting powers that be at networks. And we can understand that their political ideology does not align. Uh, and that they still believe that Trump is good for their ratings. And so they'll continue to do it. Even if that means that now they are helping to spread lies that put the public's health at risk. So until there is somebody that is successfully sued, like which is what is happening, uh, by organization in Washington state suing Fox news for their coronavirus coverage until that actually lands and some network, um, is fined um i i don't see them stopping
1: yeah i mean you're right it's just there, there there was there was a better way to handle the cover and this goes back to the general like trump administration problems um throughout the media like there was a different way to cover president trump then all the networks decided to cover him. Mm-hmm. And their, their decision on how to cover him since he came down that stupid escalator in 2015, their decisions have been complicit in his reign and, and reign of terror over this country. And there's been no accounting for it. There's been, you know, there are people in the media, you and I, Jeff Jarvis, I mean, there are people who, John Marshall at TPN, like mm-hmm. there are people who care. There, are people who understand what they're doing and what they're doing is wrong. But those people are not writing the checks, right? They're not. They're. They're not in. They're. they're not sitting um, in the room in the in the corner suite making the decisions. Those people who make those decisions, they're making their ratings, they're making their ad dollars, and they're not. They're not focusing on how they should be doing things different to help the country stop this dangerous person.
2: You know, and I think think that, and I honestly, I think that you would have to really believe that Trump is a dangerous person. Do you know, like, because before we've been saying that Trump has been dangerous for how long, Ellie? Like, I don't know, the past three and a half years. And, you know, we were told that our, uh, our, what was sensible, right? Like, you show me who you are, I believe you, Maya Angelou, that, we're being partisan. We're partisan hacks for saying that Trump is dangerous. But now that 22,000 Americans have died, that uh, Dr. Fauci said uh, over the weekend that had the United States acted sooner, shut things down, maybe less people would have died. Um, That's facts, right? That's not partisan. That's Truth. That's science, right? Which we've also allowed for the Republican Party and for Trump to politicize. So we find ourselves in this space because media came out of this uh, idea that there were two sides to every story. This both sidesism. These these alternative facts. Oh, there are my facts, and then there's your facts. No, there isn't. But we see the breakdown of who believes the coronavirus to be um, an actual problem right that something that needs to be stopped and addressed on ideological lines there were people hanging out in pensacola florida you know at block parties and at the beach as if we're not in the midst of a global pandemic
1: the republicans have managed to politicize hygiene yes (laughs) They, they they've managed to politicize you know they've managed to put shaking your hands um as part of the culture war, it's yep. it's disgusting and it's and it's why and it's and, it, and it's and it's contributing to death. You know, one of the things that I've said for a while now is that the operative difference between Donald Trump and the Roman emperor Caligula is that Caligula had the body count. Trump hadn't racked up the body count yet. He's racking it up now. Yeah, there, there are, he's there racking people- it up now.
2: But also remember um, placing the blame on everybody else, on the World Health Organization, on Barack Obama, on Dr. Fauci, on on whomever other than him. He wants to take all of the applause when the when the curve flattens and things start to go our way, but none of the blame. Remember from from fe- from the beginning of March, end of February, he said, "I take zero responsibility." So then you can take I mean- zero praise.
1: The man actually said it, right? He literally said, I take no responsibility yeah. at all. That is that is a shocking – that should be, that should be his, his biography, right? Like, I take no responsibility at all. Like, that is a shocking statement from an American president. In two generations, we have gone from Harry Truman, the buck stops here, to I take no responsibility at all. Great job, Republicans. Uh, congratulations on all your frickin' success.
2: On all of your success. So let's talk about what else they're doing that's um, horrifically fucked up and wrong and drives all of us to drink. So um, last week you published uh, a piece at The Nation um scotus just set the stage for republicans to steal the election in a five to four decision the supreme court blocked wisconsin from extending the absentee voting deadline disenfranchising thousands and creating a terrible precedent tell us about this ellie
1: yeah so let's 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 start here the the, the, uh, the whole way that the Republicans are going to try to steal this election is not going to be – it's not going to come with, like, horns and trumpets, right? It's not going to be Donald Trump moving the election or, you know, some kind of cancellation of the November 3rd general. Like, he doesn't have to be that bold and quite – because he will have – Republican governors in red states doing all of the dirty work for him. The foundational way that Republicans can use coronavirus to steal the election is by suppressing the vote, right? That's what Republicans do anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, as much as I am trying to uh, publicize what Republicans are doing, I'm trying not to Columbus the issue because mm. it's, been, it's been what they – do for a generation now. They cannot win national elections without suppressing the vote. Mm -hmm. They always try to do this the way they're doing it with coronavirus is going to be with selective quarantines, right? Like, as we know, because we're the people who follow the science, we understand that people in dense population areas are more at risk. We understand that cities and urban centers um, are more at risk because that's where people gather and mingle and shake hands and cough on each other, right? So that means that it's scientifically makes sense for there to be kind of stricter shelter-in-place type rules in New York City, in, you know, Cleveland, in big major urban centers, whereas things, you know, where I am in Westchester, Westchester was actually the first ground zero of this thing, so it's not a great example, but, you know, Rochester or or, you know, Patchogue, Long Island, mm-hmm, like, you know, mm-hmm. these are places where you don't have to – not don't have to worry, but, like, your restrictions don't have to be as tight. Well, that's all well and good for science time. You know, When I'm sure Bill Nye would, would, would you know, um, <laughs> support that, but when it comes to voting time, that's a huge problem because that means that people in low-population areas, it's going to be a lot easier for them, a lot safer for them to go queue and and vote in person, where it's going to be significant. It could be really dangerous for people in urban areas to go and line up and pack together to vote if this thing is still with us through November. Well, you know, you don't have to have a political science doctorate to know that people in rural sparsely pr- spread out areas tend to vote Republican, and people in dense urban areas tend to vote democrat. So when you quarantine a city in your state, what you are doing purposefully, even if that's not your true intention, is suppressing or making it difficult for democrats to vote while making it easier for republicans to vote. That is a binary situation, right? That's step 1. Step 2, the way to ameliorate that those selective quarantines and shelters in place is vote by mail, right? Like That's that's our escape hatch. If you can't go in person, if it's going to be hard for you to go in person, you should mail in a ballot, either mail in or absentee, right? So now all the Republicans' focus, all of their suppression focus is, is, is hell-bent on making it more difficult for people to vote by mail, whether it's putting restrictions on absentee voting, whether it's refusing to mail ballots to everybody, whatever it's going to take, that's how Republicans are suppressing the vote. It is not... It is not beyond the realm of possibility that these states will be can will claim that they are overwhelmed with the number of mail-in vote requests, and they don't have enough ballots for everybody. The people in sparsely populated rural counties, oh, they'll get their ballots, but people in large urban centers, they won't even get their ballots. They won't even have the opportunity to vote on, um, through the mail, and that is is what happened in wisconsin in wisconsin they usually get two hundred and fifty thousand requests for absentee ballots this election they got over 1.1 million the system was overwhelmed the people in red counties got their absentee ballots on time but the people in blue counties like madison and milwaukee wisconsin there were people who did not get their absentee ballots even though they requested them because the system i mean they just had not printed freaking enough of them right Mm-hmm. So the Democratic National Committee sued, and they asked very simply for the state to extend the deadline by which people could either request absentee ballots or, more importantly, mail those ballots back in. The district court said yes. The, the circuit court of appeals said yes. And then five Republicans in robes. Pan-picked by Republicans, two of them picked by Donald Trump, one who was accused of attempted rape, another who sits illegitimately in a seat that should have been Merrick Garland's. Those five men, I was going to say white men, but Clarence Thomas always, you know, is there.
0: I, mean, uh, I guess.
1: <laughs> right? Those five men of various races <laughs> um, decided to put a stop to all of it. Not allow Wisconsin to extend the deadline for absentee ballots. When they did that, they gave a signal to every Republican um, state governor or state legislature around the country that says, "Go steal the election, go steal it any way you damn well please, because we will not stop you." The court, the Supreme Court, said that there was no reason to extend the deadline because everybody had their ballots. Well, that's factually not true actually on the ground, we know that people didn't have their ballots. There were stories about it, there were tweets about it. People did not have ballots by election day. So when the court says you have to postmark your ballot by April 7th, that's when the election was, well, what if you don't get your ballots till April life Are you supposed to travel through time? I mean there's there's no way, right? But the court said that everybody should have their ballots by April seventh, and so just mail your ballots in and it's fine. That is that is a signal from the court to all the other Republicans. So Rick DeSantis in Florida can set up a, a situation where you have to mail in your ballots by November 3rd and just not send ballots to Miami-Dade or not send enough to Miami-Dade or Broward County and then guess who wins Florida? Mike DeWine in Ohio who has been, as for a Republican, pretty good, unless you're a woman who might you know, want control over her body. But other than that, he's been pretty good for a Republican in terms of, of, of fighting voter suppression in his state. Is he going to have enough ballots ready for Cleveland? Is he going to have enough ballots ready for Cincinnati? Because if he doesn't, guess what? Republicans win Ohio. And that can happen in state after state after state. That's either controlled by a Republican governor or has a sufficiently powerful Republican legislator. In Wisconsin, there's actually a Democratic governor, and he wanted to just mail... Ballots to everybody, right? Like if you're a registered voter, you get you don't have to request your absentee, but you just get it in the mail and you're set. And the Republican legislator legislature shot him down on that. The mailing ballots to everybody is just the last uh, the point I want to finish with, and I've been talking for a while. I'm sorry, but it's it's Ellie, really it's important. that's why we to have
2: me. you on the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's super important to me because I don't think people understand how critical this issue is. Um, people like me are you know, paying attention and care and whatever. And I will, you know, request my absentee ballot for the November election in plenty enough time for me and everybody in my house to receive it. Right. Like I will, you know, I'll get through the primary that's now in June. And then by, you know, July 4th, I'll have requested absentee and I'm going to be able to vote in November regardless because I'm paying attention.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Not everybody is paying attention. And that's not really I'm not I'm not I'm not throwing shade at them it is traditional in this country especially when there's a global pandemic going on that you're not gonna pay
2: attention to shit until it's in front of your face like that is just human nature we pay attention because it's our
1: job there's a reason why October surprises work in elections. Right, that's because people don't, don't tune in until after Labor Day, right? Like, they don't care. They're busy. They got other things. I woke up this morning with a damn leak in my roof. And trust me, if this wasn't my job, that's my whole day now. Yep. Right? <laughs> like, that's, my, that's my whole issue. So it's, it's traditional to not pay attention until the last minute if you are in a red state and you don't pay attention to the election until October, and it doesn't occur to you until around, you know, Native American Day that, hey, maybe I'm going to have to vote absentee. And so you don't request your absentee ballot until the middle of October. Then guess what? It's going to be too late. It's going to – like, the, the, because of how Republicans operate, it will likely be too late. Republicans will say – I mean, how, what's, what's one of Trump's favorite lines? Who could have known that things would have been so complicated? Everybody, you idiot. But these governors, like, you know, Brian Kemp in Georgia, is going to sit there in October and say, like, who could have known we needed so many absentee ballots? Oh, my goodness. And there won't be enough ballots for people when they, when they start paying attention in October. So
0: who should and start doing now? that is why just mailing
1: ballots to everybody would be the better idea, but Republicans won't let us do that.
2: Is there any recourse, Ellie, because this has already gone to the Supreme Court. They've already made their truth known, right, that they don't actually give a shit. So the Kemps of the world, the Desantis's of the world, all of these folks, they're going to do what they need to do in order to keep Donald Trump in power. So what is our recourse? Is there any?
1: I mean, I can't, I, unfortunately, no, right? The Supreme Court is the highest court in the land. If they, if they don't, what they say is law, whether they're right or not. The president is the president of the entire United States. He, if he refuses to make the federal government work towards protecting the elections, then it doesn't work. Elections are run at the state level. If you have a Republican governor or a Republican-controlled state legislature and they don't want you to vote, they, who, there's no higher power, right? If your governor says no and your president says no and the Supreme Court says no, that's it. That, those are all of the normal powers and the, and the escape hatch that I used like to talk about, we can't do because of social distancing. I can't say we need a million man march. Really? No, everybody gets sick. That'd be stupid. Like you can't, like you can't even get the kind of collective action, public protest, you know, thing going on because of the virus. The only thing you can really do, and I've said this on a, on a couple of couple of times. I don't look. I'm I I, I I am working from home, but I am working full health because now I have two children that I have to homeschool. My wife is home. My mom is home. Like we're all we're all working at like maximum capacity. Mm-hmm. So I am not saying that just because you're working from home, you have more time on your hands. Mm-mm. But you are closer to your phone. And let me tell you, calling your representatives, not just don't call Trump. He doesn't care, right? calling your governor, calling your state rep, knowing who your state senator is, and giving him or her a phone call. That can be so effective during this particular crisis because one of the things, my father was a local politician out on Long Island, actually. Um, he was a county legislature, oh. uh, le- legislator uh, for, for a number of years. So I know a little bit about like the mindset of a politician. And when I tell you that, th- that right now the hardest thing for them Is that they can't do their rallies. They can't do their Mm -hmm. meet and greets. They Mm -hmm. can't go to. They have no idea what voters are thinking of them. And if you're a politician, what voters are thinking of you is like the thing that you wake up thinking about and the thing that you go to bed worrying about, right? And so without being able to kind of get out and get the cheers and applause, like, that's why you run, yo, like, you can't Mm -hmm. do that. Getting, you know, 150 phone calls to your state, you know, rep office, like, that'll do something. Because that's the only interaction about their job performance that they're getting right now. You know, if you're a state senator, you're, you're not doing, like, weekly polls on your approval rating. That doesn't happen. What you get are your phones. And so calling these people, especially if you live in a red state, and demanding that they protect your right to vote is actually something that would be effective and something that you can do with your time while you're socially distanced, while you're working from home.
2: I don't know where we go. From but here. that's but that's like
1: that's all I got, right, because that's because all the other all of the normal ways of political uh, of of legal action are barred from us because Republicans control the government and the Republicans control the government because they've suppressed the vote. They know that if they want to continue control over the government. They got to suppress the vote even more. And so that's what they're going to do. This is always the Republican game. That's why I said earlier, like, I don't want to Columbus this thing. Like, this is all—I am not surprised. This is what they always do. I wrote about how they would do this a month ago, a month before they started doing it, right? Like, it's—their it's game plan is not subtle or hidden. It's just devastatingly effective. Do we believe
2: in the people's ability to rise up when quarantined? I mean, the fact is, is that you—like you had said— Most people don't pay attention to the election until right around October, and now you're paying attention to the fact that you don't know if you're going to be able to continue to have food on your table, pay your mortgage, pay your rent, because you are out of work, right? Is that going to be something that is going to drive people to pay attention more, or are they so consumed with what is happening with their day-to-day that once again, politics is going to fall to fall to the back burner?
1: I mean, I think for most people, November sounds so far away. I mean, it even does for me at some level. You know, like I'm not making plans for like, uh, except for this election thing, because I care about it. I'm not making plans for like, I wonder where we're spending Thanksgiving this year. Man, I'm trying to get through the week. I was trying to get through Easter and my wife's birthday. Those both happened last week. Success. Next (laughs) Next, I'm trying to get through the end of the month, right? Like, so I'm, I'm in a very, like, day-to-day mode, even myself. I can only – and I'm so privileged and so lucky. I've got a house, and my job mm-hmm. is secure. My wife's job is like – I'm so privileged. Um, and I'm, like, hyper-concerned about, like, well, the kids have to – just because they're from going to school from home, they still have to bathe, right? We can't just leave them in pajamas all day. can't? Like, those are my, you know, thoughts. And so – I can only imagine how people are processing this who have, like, real problems. Yeah. Who, 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 yeah. Are, who are really struggling uh, to make the rent or have, lo- or have been furloughed or any of, you know, any of these real – or, you know, I'm also lucky. We haven't even mentioned this. Nobody in my house is sick. Yeah. Nobody in my immediate family is sick. There are people out here who, have, who are dying um, um, and trying to process, you know, dying. Um, it's sick, and they can't even go see them in the hospital. Like, there is real – Trauma and grief going on, and I wouldn't tell anybody dealing with those things to like give a shit about November. Like I can't. Unlike Trump, I am human. I can't do that. I can't say that in good conscience. Um, it, It is for the rest of us who maybe don't have those concerns weighing on us as heavily to be to fight for those people's right to vote when they are preoccupied with other things and can't fight for it themselves. Because let's never forget. Voting is supposed to be easy. It's mm-hmm. a fundamental tenet of democracy. It shouldn't be hard. You should be able to not pay attention until two weeks before the election and then show up to vote. Like that, That's how it should work, actually, in an advanced democracy. Um, and so I feel like my job right now is to raise my voice because I know that the people who will be disenfranchised are a little bit too busy right now, legitimately so, to protect their own franchise.
2: Well, Ellie, I can't thank you enough for your focus, for your attention and for your continued vigilance over this administration and the Supreme Court and, you know, where we're going from here, because while it is incredibly important and life-saving, obviously, to be paying attention to what is happening right in front of you and keeping your family safe and fed and, you know, and money coming in and all of these things, where we are going, And even though November feels very far away, matters just as much because we would be in less of a a dystopian present if Trump had acted, if we had had different leadership, if it had been Madam President instead of Mr. President, like we would be in a different place. And I don't think that people are thinking about that enough because you can't when your immediate needs aren't being met. But this for this disaster for falls squarely on Donald Trump's shoulders and the Democrats need to make sure that that's how they're painting it. Like this isn't a, Oh, oh it wouldn't have mattered who was in charge. This is actually one of those times where it du it did fucking matter who was in charge.
1: If it comes down to it. And if, if I have to tell, People in Florida to go risk their lives to stop Trump from risking their life. I will say that yeah. I will write that article. I will do that. But damn it, I'm not I'm going to hold that, you know, in the Google Doc file mm-hmm. until the last possible minute. I'm going to spend every you know, second that I can trying to make it so that isn't the choice. So we're not in a kind of bizarro puff daddy song, vote and die. Like, I'm going to try yeah. to make that not the case. Um, but if it is the case, then I do think the choice is still clear. It is – you have – you would be worth it to risk your life to stop Donald Trump because if you do not, he is willing to risk your life to make sure that Ivanka can sell more scarves.
2: Yep. Like, <laughs> that is, that's just that's, where we that's are. That's where we are. Ellie Mistel. still – Thank you so much, as always, for your time uh, and for joining Woke AF Daily. We appreciate you, your voice, your writing. Um, And so with deep gratitude for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
2: This current president, who in the midst of his press conferences has full and complete meltdowns as people are dying. Tens of thousands of um, Americans are dying. And this president is claiming total authority over governors and total authority over everything. He's an authoritarian, right? He can tell governors that they have to open up their states. He can tell governors whatever it is that they have to do in order to put their people in danger. No, he doesn't. There is something actually called states' rights. Republicans should know all about that. Because when they don't have a president that they like, that's what they want to claim. Pay attention to who your leaders are. You don't need to like them. You don't need to love them. You don't need to want to have a drink with them. You need to know that they care about you, about your family, above all else. And that is not what we have right now, but it's what we should all be looking for. That is it for me today, folks, on Woke AF Daily. As always, I am back all week long. Wherever you get your podcast, is where you can find Woke AF Daily. Subscribe to PM Mood, my other free podcast, and you will get Woke AF Daily for the next three weeks in your feed. It will show up automatically every day, and it will say Woke AF Daily. So subscribe to PM Mood. Pass it on to your friends. This is... The stay safe as fuck quarantine special for woke AF daily for the next three weeks. We are riding with you to help you through all of this. So ride with us and share for the next three weeks free with your friends power to the people and to all the people power get woke and stay woke as fuck.
0: Happy pride from tomboy X celebrating pride in the queer community all year.